Welcome to the Small Staff Big Impact Podcast. I'm joined today by Mark Ace of the Kavi Corporation. He's president there. Mark, uh, do you, thanks for coming on. Yes, thanks for having me, Justin. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, just uh, in case if anyone doesn't know who you are? Yeah, um, I'd be surprised if most people know who we are. We're kind of a niche player in the software business. Uh, work with a lot of nonprofits and trade associations, standards developing organizations, and Covey, that's spelled K A V I, but pronounced Covey, uh, is, has made a collaboration solution, a, a SaaS software as a service solution, used by a lot of uh, teams in the standards development and uh, trade association world for the last 15, 16 years. So we're kind of a niche player. We, most of our customer base is concentrated in the DC area, although we do have customers in New York and Chicago and California and so on, different places, Boston. Uh, but you know, DC is ground, ground zero for the trade association space. Absolutely. And you just came out with a great blog post on five characteristics of high performing teams. I thought it was really, you've got a couple uh, key points there and I think one thing that jumped out at me, you had a quote that said, uh, the goal of collaboration is not collaboration, but better results. Uh, and so I think the your five keys that you list kind of help people uh, ensure that they're reaching their collaboration goals in that. So do you mind talking a little bit about, uh, talk to us about the blog post. Where did it come from? Sure. Yeah, we, you know, we're a software company, but software is just a means to an end. And most of the, soft, the software that we produce helps teams work together. So we, we think a lot about what teams do so that we can tune our software to help them optimize. And as we look at how teams organize, uh, how committees work together, how staffs work together, uh, we're looking for those patterns of success. And we found, you know, we found five. We talked, this came from customer input, also some reading in, in the literature about team effectiveness. We found five things, uh, and it's not necessarily technology that makes teams effective. That it is part of the solution, but it's really more about how people do, how, how they follow processes. The first one being effective teams follow strong leaders. So you just cannot ever underestimate the value of having a good leader for a team. And does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's, it's hard sometimes to... Uh, define leader and I think you can see leadership come out of different places but definitely having having that leader is always helpful uh, pushing forward with a, a strong collaboration so you know someone who can kind of ensure that you've got good uh, guidelines and uh, around what you're trying to accomplish and kind of keep the team focused right that's exactly it uh, you know it, it, we say that uh, strong leaders especially team leaders are are trained, not born. You know, it's not something that comes natively. You kind of learn it by modeling it or, or being on teams that are, have been well run. And one of the nice things about working with trade associations, especially ones that have been around for a long time and nonprofits is, you know, they've been on a mission for a number of years and they've got some patterns of effectiveness in their teamwork. Uh, you know, strong leaders uh, have good relationship skills. They know how to empower the right people you know how to uh, follow a process and stick to the process, enforce roles, you know how to manage conflict because collaboration is kind of, you know, tamed chaos in a lot of ways. So th those leadership skills really, probably if there's 
anything that makes a difference in team effectiveness, that's probably number one. Another thing we notice, though, also around effective teams is that they tend to debate and record their decisions. So, like I said, collaboration is often creative conflict. You've got multiple perspectives coming to the table. And how do you manage that and get to something called consensus, where you're actually arriving at a decision? And can you record that decision so that you can go back and trace those steps? This is how we decided this. This is why we have buy-in. So we don't have to retrace those steps every single time. I think that's key, especially the recording the decision. I feel like I've been in so many meetings where I feel like we're re-debating issues that we had already kind of settled mm -hmm. uh, previously. And then the team has decided to, or one team member who either wasn't paying attention previously or uh, as is new to the team has decided to uh, bring up and resurface this issue and it, it definitely recording that decision um, is so key to ensure that eventually you're making some progress I think right and um, we we run into that too and there are different things that the teams do uh, to memorialize those decisions you can have ballots you know you can take surveys uh, that allow commenting uh, you can keep a document revision history. Say, okay, these are the changes that we made and we agreed to. Remember, <laughs> let's not go back and retrace these steps. Let's just let's just look at the record, and it, it becomes very efficient if you know you re, you re, if you have ground rules. They are like once the team decides, we decide and move on. We don't go back and revisit this. We we just refer to that decision. So that's a definitely another uh, factor of efficiency and teamwork. Um, another one is that's kind of um, commonsensical, but easier said than done, is setting and meeting deadlines. So effective teams are good at that, uh, but it requires mature processes and a commitment to, to follow them. And these days, teams are composed of people in different companies, different organizations. They have their own infrastructures. Um, they may they're probably in different time zones. Uh, all of those things work kind of work against us naturally. Yeah. Our, our, our collaboration these days is just much made much more complex by, by all of those factors and the, the speed at which everything is moving. We're all involved in multiple things. So having a framework where you actually set and meet those deadlines, uh, have, have a, you know, know what a, the attendance rules are, stick to that, really speeds the, uh, the mission-driven team work along. Absolutely. I think it, you're you're absolutely right. The technology has created this great opportunity for collaboration across teams in very unique places where it wasn't previously able to, that teams that weren't able to previously collaborate are now able to do so. But then if, if you're not thoughtful about uh, how that's structured and ensuring that deadlines are met, it can just, just compound upon itself and mm -hmm. be very challenging. And then number four, you've got the effective teams embrace accountability. Uh, isn't, I mean, you know, isn't, if you're a team, what, what, why is that so key? Well, uh, this goes to roles and, and uh, the, the different roles of different uh, people who come to the team play. And every team is composed of different roles. You can have observers, you can have uh, the, the team lead, you can have the subject matter experts. Uh, and everyone uh, in high-functioning teams 
kind of knows what their role is and knows what their contribution level is. So you don't have people who are supposed to be just observers uh, be suddenly becoming uh, influencers. And this becomes especially important, especially in trade association work where you may be bringing to the table um, competing interests even in the same industry. Uh, uh, often industry trade associations are trying to influence regulation or, or uh, set up training standards for their, for their industry or certification standards. And that really requires reconciling different, different interests. So um, uh, collaboration improves when the roles of the team are, are clearly defined and understood, when people know that they can do some of their work independently and then bring it back to the table and have it respected. It's a key, it's a key factor. And, and again, that's where the leadership comes in, is the leader will help in, enforce those roles. Um, but uh, mature processes have have roles and then um, the contributors embrace those roles and stay accountable to them. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and then, then the last. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say the last one. Uh, effective teams have a system of record. Uh, you know, I would think this would be the easiest one now that we have all this technology. What are you seeing happening that that is making this such a key key characteristic? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. We, we're surrounded by technology, but we're often surrounded by a proliferation of technology, and it's, it seems like it's moving faster every month. Every time you turn around, it's changing. Um, but for mission-critical work, uh, we find that it's important to have a system of record, and it may be a combination of tools, but everyone knows what it is. In other words, all of the documents are stored here, all of the results of our votes are stored here. Um, our, our, our meeting minutes are stored there, and we refer to them in this way. We make meetings using this kind of uh, tool set. What we find is that it's so easy to grab uh, uh, tools to do different things. Uh, things become very, uh, they become dispersed. They're all in different, different locations, different silos. So you've got a few documents in Google Docs and a few documents out on your end drive, your shared drive. You've got documents in tr going back and forth in email. Uh, meetings are being made from one person's Outlook account or another person's uh, meeting maker. And before you know it, everything becomes just atomized. You know, it's spaghetti. Um, if you're doing mission-critical work or very uh, important uh, uh, strategic work, it's important to have as kind of as much formality around your, your document storage, your meeting attendance, your mi minutes, um, as it is in your processes. You try to reduce the number of logins, reduce the number of user interfaces that team members have to master when they come to the table. Um, you, know, you have a little bit more of an enterprise kind of uh, approach to, to important collaboration versus kind of a tribal one. That makes sense. So I think, you know, talking about collaboration uh, and working with, having worked with associations for, for a little bit now, I, one thing I notice is there's this conversation about, uh, you know, we need a collaboration platform, uh, but sometimes it feels like what they're actually looking at is a community platform. Like they describe the activities they want people to engage and talk to each other and share ideas, but don't necessarily have a goal in mind. Uh, no deliverable at the end of it. And so 
I feel like there's a, a, a distinct difference between a, a collaborative platform or collaborative tool and a community platform or tool. And I was curious, what are you seeing? And do you feel like there's an, a way to help associations kind of define that difference? Yeah, we definitely see that too, Justin. And, and uh, there are different uh, objectives and different styles of collaboration. Uh, and we actually see what we call it, it's kind of a spectrum of collaboration that goes from engagement up to collaboration. So think of four different layers of, of collaboration. There's engagement, which is really community-based. And it's a style of, of collaboration, but it's not very complex. It tends to be more topical, sharing, it's more social. Then there's a, a the next level up, was we, we call it coordination. Where it's a little bit more, a little bit more focused on topic. It's a little bit more around information exchange. You start to have the idea of maybe we want to retain some of this information. And then there's cooperation, tends to be a little bit more project focused. Uh, again, another level of complexity and another level up of formality. And then at the top, we actually call collaboration, which is really where the real work gets done. It tends to be a little bit more structured. Uh, has a lot of inputs and contributors, uh, life cycles, and uh, defined results, like you have to get to a result. So down at the low end of the scale, engagement, very important for certain types of, uh, of um, organizations. You want to have the, the members sharing information and be having a social network, that's important. Uh, but it tends not to be very complex. So the tools that support that tend to not be document-centric, they tend to be discussion-centric. Whereas the tools that support collaboration, which is mission-critical, where the results uh, have long-lasting impact and, and importance, tend to be a little bit more structured. That's kind of where the system of record comes in. And what we find is that uh, you don't have one-size-fits-all. You can't have a kind of an engagement platform for building community it works well as a sort of a system of record for mission critical work. They tend to be kind of, they can overlap a little bit, but they tend to be in, in different spheres. That, that makes sense. Uh, it brings me to another question is, with all these tools out there, uh, obviously different needs in associations, you know, different, you know, trying to balance this idea of uh, having a system of record versus having, take fully leveraging everything out there I was curious, what kind of combination of, uh, of tools are you seeing people using right now in order to accomplish these, you know, unique, some, you know, the engagement versus the, uh, the collaboration versus just other day-to-day -day operations? Yeah, boy, the, the combinations of tools anymore is just, it's bewildering. And I don't envy the, the folks in the organizations that have to make these decisions. Um, Having a, having a good partner that can help evaluate, do a real needs assessment is really helpful because you can easily get bogged down in tools that look really easy at the start but have a very high maintenance load or tools that don't work well together. Uh, what we're seeing uh, for the smaller organizations is uh, a lot of use of the off-the-shelf tools, the uh, almost retail level uh, the Office 365 suite is, is happening more. You see the use of the Google tools are really powerful. Um, and those are good for less formal work. Uh, they tend to fray in, in the face of really 
um, the more mission critical structured work that uh, a lot of organizations are responsible for doing. You know, their their structured committee work, their their regulatory, their training work, their standards work, which we do a lot of standards work. Um, and then at the higher end, you see tools like SharePoint, which is a, a robust IT environment, uh, very powerful, but also somewhat difficult to author and maintain. Um, these, our smaller customers don't seem to be able to uh, take on that level of, of uh, IT support on their own. They need some outside help with that. And then tools like ours, Covey Workspace, which is an out, kind of an out-of-the-box software as a, as a service solution that has document management, meeting management, um, voting, um, a lot of communication, built-in communication tools that make it easy to kind of make a hub for people to work together. There are similar products to ours, uh, uh, but um, they all have slightly different focuses based on, on what the needs, needs assessment looks like. All right. So if I'm a new organization, or you, you kind of mentioned when we were talking before that um, you're seeing some new organizations entering, uh, new associations kind of coming out, what do you, what would you kind of recommend, or what, do you, what trends are you seeing with those organizations as far as their approach to tools, and what risks, I mean, would you kind of caution against or uh, encourage people to be conscious of as they enter into that process. Yeah, we see we do work with a lot of startup organizations, uh, industry alliances, consortia, uh, and what you find there is people are, are populating or, or starting those organizations coming from corporate America, from you know, Fortune 2000, and they're used to a very robust IT environment because in their native, you know, inside their organization they have a lot of tools at their disposal, proprietary and, and commercial. So what happens is they tend to get into these nonprofit situations where there's literally no budget to begin with because you've got 12 people with a good idea and a mission. Uh, and then they suddenly have to work together uh, but not be on their corporate network. So how do they do that? And what happens is uh, it becomes very easy to acquire the free Google account or an inexpensive Microsoft account or, uh, you know, a free Slack Slack uh, subscription, uh, maybe a Dropbox account. And they tend to try to s sort of staple those things together uh, to get going. Um, and the danger to that is you get down the road and early important decisions are made and stored in question mark where, you know, because was did we put that in Dropbox or was that a Google Doc? Or, oh no, that's on Joe's hard drive. And could you email that to me? But what version was it? Uh, well, we have a newer version than that. So you can see how it, it starts to uh, uh, come apart pretty quickly. So we recommend, you know, commit to something simple to get started and put all of your work in it. Just know that you're gonna have the, the idea of a system of record. You're going to put all your documents in a folder structure that everybody has access to based on their roles, a role-based access permissioning, and, it, and it's there for the long run. Now, if the, if the org scales and you want to scale up and move into another product, then you've got it all in one place. It's easy to migrate or easier. Migration is never innately easy, but easier if it's all in one place. And you've got a document revision history, 
you've got uh, you've recorded those decisions. You know how you got to those decisions. You've got an audit trail. Uh, if you're ever audited or have to go through some kind of a of a discovery process five years from now, you don't want to be trying to pull it out from uh, 12 different online services that people had at a retail level. So that's one of the things that we we caution against. And it's hard for people because it's so easy to open a Dropbox account or get a box.com account or you know start putting stuff in your Amazon Drive or wherever you're, you're comfortable putting it in. But just as you would you know formulate your organization around some structured rules, pick an IT solution that you think is going to be there for the long term too. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. I feel like when I come into an organization that's really struggling with a with an existing tool, a lot of times the first thing I'll ask is, you know, do you have any documented standard operating procedures? And in that, in most people, if they have them, they're outdated, they haven't been updated, you know, or they don't have them at all. And I think that's such a, a crucial part because even if it was well-defined initially, as soon as it's some one a new person comes on and they introduce a new tool, it starts to, you know, suddenly branch out and Things go everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you, you're right. You absolutely have that huge problem. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask. You know, we the podcast is small staff and big impact, and so I wanted to ask about a sort of specific to small staffs. Uh, what uh, you know, if you see a staff, a small staff association, you know, ten staff or less that are really looking, uh, they want to provide support for their members in order to collaborate uh, and empower their members, but don't necessarily have the staff to to be that play that leadership role. How are you seeing associations kind of delegate and handle that, you know, ensuring that you've got, you know, because we you know, we talked about with your, your post, you mentioned that how important it is to have that leader. How, how are you seeing associations manage that and then, ensure overall that you're getting quality collaboration when it isn't necessarily being driven entirely by the organization, it's rather being driven by members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a challenge for sure. Uh, I, 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 what we see again is the key, uh, the, the key factor of leadership. A lot of these associations are bringing their leadership in from uh, you know, industry experts, domain experts, people who have been hope you know oftentimes at the top of their field or uh, influencers so they they've got the perspective of having uh, been successful in the past and uh, what we see is they can bring some resources to bear uh, in terms of discipline and structure that uh, rolls down into IT certain IT, there's a certain IT maturity approach, you know, that comes with organizational maturity, I think. Um, What you don't, what we don't want to see is the kind of organic grassroots approach to retail, retail IT, you know, like a Facebook, LinkedIn approach to IT. We want to see a kind of a more corporate formal uh, approach to IT, just like you would have a corporate formal approach to uh, bylaws and uh, mission and objectives and vision for the organization, and let that roll. Let the IT roll down from from the mission. 
Um, so, but I think it's hard because a lot of people are not technical and they come from environments where, like I said before, there's a robust IT environment supporting them in their native corporate environment and they've taken it for granted because it's just like you turn on the faucet and the water comes out. You know, in a big organization, you've got dozens or hundreds of people making sure that those pipes work and the apps are on updated and so on. Um, so I, I do think it's a challenge uh, for smaller orgs to, to, to bridge that gap. And I think that, you know, frankly, that's a little bit where Covey's made its little uh, niches. We fit into that, those little, that little ecosystem with a kind of an out-of-the-box solution that, that looks kind of enterprisey but doesn't have the enterprisey price tag. And uh, there, are, there are a few other players like us uh, that were focused on the nonprofits. Um, but still, you know, you want to get the right fit. So good IT consultancy helps a lot, I think. All right. Uh I, I think that was you covered everything I wanted to talk about. Uh, is there anywhere uh, online that we should be we should be looking for you, Mark, or for uh, for Covey? Or yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity to chat today. It was, re it was really interesting. You know, I I would just kind of summarize my my three uh, takeaways here is that um, uh, you know mission and culture kind of shape your collaboration. So if it's a kind of an informal sort of social in, engagement level, that's one type of tool set versus having a, a, a project-driven or a mission-driven kind of uh, teamwork where the output is extremely important to the organization, that's a, that's a much more formal type of collaboration requires different tool sets. And then the, the path to success there is that teamwork plus leadership. So you have leadership plus infrastructure, and that's how you get to, to success. And that's what we think about when we advise new prospective customers. We try to think about, really, let's look at your mix of tools, your mix of your mission, and who's participating. See if we're a fit. Otherwise, we might have some other ideas for you. And we talk about this a little bit more at our, at our site, kavi.com, K-A-V-I.com. And uh, we have a, a Twitter handle at CoveyCorp, too, where we talk about some of that stuff, too. Perfect. Well, thanks so much again, Mark. Appreciate your time. Yeah, you too, Justin. Thanks so much. Fun talking today. Thanks again to my guest, Mark Ace from Covey Corporation for joining me today. For more great content, make sure to check out the microstaff.org blog uh, and to subscribe to the podcast, Small Staff Big Impact Podcast on iTunes. All the content uh, here and there is curated by FusionSpan. Uh, and if you have any questions uh, about FusionSpan, make sure to check out our website, FusionSpan.com. Until next time, take care.